Hello and welcome back to series four of Kvikmindapod, an Icelandic cinema podcast. I'm Rob Watts, and on this podcast I discuss 21st century Icelandic film with my good friend Ellie Cawthorn. It's Halloween and we're not missing the opportunity to get involved. While Iceland may not have a huge horror scene, we've picked two recent balls-to-the-wall B-movie horrors and had great fun watching and getting to grips with them. We begin with a festival favourite, at a guest house in a remote fjord for director Elvar Gunnarsson's singular basement demon comedy horror, It Hatched, in which Vivian Olafsdottir gives birth to an egg before everything gets even crazier. We then arrive back in the capital, Reykjavik, for Thirst, or Thorsti, from 2019, another horror comedy with buckets of blood that describes itself as the most badass gay vampire zombie splatter movie you will ever see, ever. And I suppose that's probably correct. So, if you fancy a unique Halloween movie night in, then you can do worse than Kvikmindapod's Icelandic B-movie mashup. And just a quick content warning, there's a lot of gore and thirst. So bear that in mind. Here's the chat. Halloween. Happy spooky season, Ellie. Ooh, <laughs> feeling spooky? Ah, uh, yes, a little bit. It's getting dark. The nights are, cl- are clawing in. Well, that would be spooky, actually. The nights are clawing in. Oh, God. The sun is dripping. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone weird already. I'm so sorry. What is going on? (laughs) These films have warped our tiny little minds. They really have. Oh my God. But yes, you're right. It is autumn. It's getting off for Halloween and things are getting creepy. So we thought, why not do a B-movie horror episode? Woohoo! We haven't done anything like this before, have we? Uh, Well, not an out-and-out horror, but we've done a kind of B-movie Reykjavik whale watching. True. That's probably the most mainstream horror film that Iceland had up to that point. These have done nothing to advance the cause. These films we're going to discuss today, they're very much B-movie. I feel like you could have seen Reykjavik whale watching Massacre at the cinema. These Mm. ones feel very much like grab some popcorn, grab a few beers, turn the lights off, have fun with your mates. Get Get silly. silly. Yeah. So should we say what we're covering today? Yes. Go on then. Now you... we've done the silly caveat, we can. Yeah. We're moving from intense, well, our usual offering of, you know, cinematic, slow beauties mm. to silly, silly B-movies. But that's good. We're talking about It Hatched and Thirst. That's right. Interestingly, It Hatched hasn't come out yet. So we are sort of, we're, we're ahead of the curve here. <laughs> this is a film and it hasn't come out, but it will come out. And when it comes out, this chat will hopefully have inspired you to go and watch it. <laughs> Whereas Thirst is available to watch now. So get on it. Like we said, they're both B-movies and we're going to start with It Hatched. Uh, me and the missus. We're moving out to the countryside, to Iceland. We're renovating. It's a bed and breakfast kind of thing. You could have seen this. You just laid an egg. This is weird. Yeah, but is it bad? Probably. He's truly beautiful. Ever thought about the possibility that this kid might be a devil? Peter, you're starting to scare me. You seem a little out of it, man. I'm pretty creeped out. We need of the kid. Well, that's that. Honey! What's going on? Oh, 
B-I-N-G-O. Bingo. <laughs> No, actually, it's not. Is <laughs> which is the theme tune to the entirety of it. Hatch. It's it's hard to ignore that. Uh, the Austin soundtrack. Arto. You know who composed a soundtrack? Sigaros. No, funnily <laughs> enough, the director Elvar Gunnarsson, who also did many other things on this film, include write it and. Um, the rest. Um, you always put me on the spot and say, go on then, do a synopsis. So I'm going to do the same to you, catch you before you can get me. <laughs> go on, do a synopsis. A synopsis of it hatched. Uh, okay. Um, so there's a couple, an Icelandic couple, or Icelandic-American couple. Yeah. Hard to tell. Who <laughs> um, <laughs> decide to speak English a lot of the time. Mostly just speak English to each other, uh, which is good for us because we don't have to think about reading you know um but this young couple something's going wrong with his sperm count so he decides to move to iceland and open a guest house with his wife. i don't know if that's connected oh, i don't know it sounded like it might be uh he was stressed so he had low sperm count so he wanted to go to iceland to have a less stressful life hopefully procreate but they chose the wrong guest house there you go that's a synopsis simple as that okay okay well i'll give you a bit more when they get to the guest house, he accidentally opens a portal to hell. Possibly hell, who knows? Just like a hole in the ground <laughs> where some creepy shit happens. <laughs> the end. Uh, yeah, it's called It Hatched and we'll come to why it's called It Hatched soon. I mean, this is a classic, isn't it, of the like body horror, pregnancy horror genre. There's definitely a word for the pregnancy horror genre, isn't there? Probably. Pregno horror. But anyway, it is just following a classic model of pregnancy horror. Yeah, and like it's it clearly owes a debt to like every horror film ever. Like you can tick off on a list of like the top one hundred horror movies that it's like been influenced by. You've got Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I was gonna say that first. Oh. Alien. Prevenge. The Omen. Yeah. Anything with a creepy kid or a baby, anything with demons. You said to me before the, the descent. descent. The descent. Yeah, um, and there's a film just about to come out here called Barbarian, to which it bears a striking resemblance in plot terms. Actually, mm. uh, Barbarian is incredible. So go and see that at the cinema. And this also reminded me of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is a spoof '80s horror TV <laughs> show about a really badly made horror TV show from the '80s, influenced by most of the things we've just discussed. In this B-movie scenario, can yeah. I take things highbrow for a second? Oh, if you must. Um, and actually, I would like to call back another reference, which I feel it may be calling upon, which is Henry Fuseli's 1781 oil painting, The Nightmare. Oh, my goodness. I don't goodness. know if you would care to look that up. I'm going to look it up right now, actually. The Nightmare by Henry Fuseli. Which is a famous painting. <gasps> yes. Yes. So it's a famous painting. Everybody look it up. Of basically a woman sleeping with an incubus on her, which is like mm. a demon that sucks your... Does something bad when you're asleep, I think, basically. <laughs> Let's not go into that. And if you look in the background, <gasps> yeah, what do you see? It's like a sort of demon horse thing. Oh. <gasps> A demon horse. Oh, my God. There's like a creepy guy on top of a sleeping woman and a demon horse, which is a direct scene that we see in this film. Please tell me that whoever made this film has not seen this 1781 painting. You you hope the director hasn't seen the painting? Well, no, I'm saying you can't convince me that he hasn't. No, I now you've shown it to me. I've seen this painting many times. Did not pick up on that because you're right. Just after the couple <laughs> Myra and Peter leave for Iceland... Uh, although it's not actually quite clear whether he's told Myra that they're going and why they're going. Um, he has a dream about about his wife sleeping on the sofa in the living room. And then this is probably the most effective scene in the film, to be fair. Mm. it's I mean, it's just fucking odd. <laughs> um, she's sleeping and then there's this creepy fat man demon thing climbs <laughs> over the back of a sofa which is, to me, was reminiscent of Bob in Twin Peaks. 
So this demon's climbing over the sofa and then randomly a horse head <laughs> appears in the background. Yeah. And Petter gets freaked out and wakes up. Yeah. I did not clock that. There you go. I'm, I'm impressed you've turned this uh, lowbrow chat. into yeah. this chat. Myra? a little TV. I can't go to sleep. I have too much on my mind. Honey? Are you okay? What? There's this old man. that I think that was one of the most effective moments in this film. For me, the scenes, the sequences that worked best, I would say, were probably the silent ones. The silent ones? <laughs> yeah. Why would you say that? I don't know. I don't know. But there were some kind of creepy bits. The bit where uh, Myra gets presumably impregnated by a demon. Yes, well, that's an interesting one. Whoa, so what? Creepy. So obviously in my synopsis, yeah. I didn't say what happens once they get to the guest house, but you're right. They're sleeping and some invisible demon thing. This is after Petter opens the gates to hell or whatever is going on in the basement. I mean, just never open the gate to hell. It's just it's not it's a good not... idea, is it? Even inadvertently. like there's a, <laughs> there's a reason the basement was like full of all the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's a bit like actually your um, basement in this flat. It looks kind of similar. <gasps> oh, do you think if I move that canoe, I'd find a gate to hell? I wouldn't be surprised. Oh my God, maybe we should try it. <laughs> uh, I promise to act slightly more um, sane than Petter <laughs> if we do that. Um, where was I? Uh, oh, impregnation. Yes. impregnation. Demonic impregnation. So there's this scene, yeah. She's lying there in bed and an invisible thing causes her to orgasm. Is she no. is she enjoying it? It feel, sort of feels like she is. I don't know. I think she was just entered by a demon. Okay. And then the demon snuck away. They were just, it was just sort of the natural, <gasps> rather than a... Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, didn't like that. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to take that bit out, for sure. <laughs> what this did remind me of was a film called The Entity, which is an incredible film from the 80s starring Barbara Hershey, but is incredibly brutal. The soundtrack is amazing. This It's a really, really underseen film, but it's absolutely amazing. Um, and it's I don't think you've sold of... it to me hugely there. Well, <laughs> maybe horror fans will know and they'll know it's it's amazing and... Yeah, you should check that out. That was it. Felt like an influence on this scene, mm. uh, but not to the kind of extremes of uh, of the entity. Um. Okay. So, give me your take. Are we doing a spoiler? Yeah, this is spoilery. Spoilery. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, Myra gives birth to this. Well, gives birth to an egg. She lays an egg. Um, yeah. <laughs> very very quickly. Yes confusingly quickly and it's an egg um which then hatches <laughs> more i'd be more concerned about the fact it's an egg than that it quickly appears but anyway <laughs> and then this egg then hatches into a baby 
Yeah. The baby starts growing up very quickly, as you say, as well. But Peter, Pieter, the supposed father of this baby egg. Are you okay? <laughs> Myra, are you okay? <laughs> so, but he, I mean, before any of this happens, he's like demented. Like when he's giving that, like... <laughs> Like, raised performance. Yeah, let's talk a bit about the performances while we're here. My God. What? I... I There there, there are no words. I don't even know what to say. Pieter is... Oh, you're going uh, for this. Oh, I'm going to try. He, I mean, he, he seems like he's possessed. Well, this is my question, okay? So I can't decipher this performance. Is it that he has, like, done a kind of... Um, is it all work, no play, makes record old boy? He's gone crazy. It's all in his mind. He, she's just had a child and he's trying to kill this baby and he's lost his mind, which his demented performance would suggest. Or is it really an egg? Is it really a demon baby? It's a demon baby. <laughs> I'm not sure there's much subtext here. I'm trying to read too much into this, aren't I? I think so. It isn't The Shining. Again, we try to list out the influences, but there's a really obvious influence. They're a couple secluded in a guest house, and yeah, creepy shit happens, um, including wanting to kill his wife. I think he's a strange man. I think <laughs> the performance may have been directed to be over the top. Mm. Um uh, everyone in this film looks out the top of their eyes because uh, yeah. if you look out the top of your eyes, yeah. it means something is wrong. Crazy. It's unique. Uh, this is, I mean, we might as well name check the actors while we're here. Gunnar Christensen, he's not done a lot of acting work, but like something about this performance was what the director wanted, I assume. Who knows? But it is crazed. It's utterly just like <laughs> over the top. And yeah, I mean, I can't, I don't have any other words. I use the word crazed and also demented in my notes. Demented's a good one. I've also got more questions about what is actually happening here. So he opens the gates of hell, importantly. Yeah, well, he opens some sort of horrible demon hole. Yeah. (laughs) Demon Demon hole and horrible portal. Both (laughs) sum it up quite well. Um, but inside said demon hole, horrible portal, yeah, which we presume the egg has kind of come out of in some sense. Um, yes, yeah, something crawled out of that hole, went into another hole, and went back, <laughs> <laughs> and went back into God. another, back into its deep hole. Oh, um, God. But what? So in this hole is this weird, the man from the dream, right? That weird old. I don't even know how to describe him. He's like a prehistoric man. He does make me think of, in The Descent, the kind of, what I've termed the Gribblies, which they're not called that in the film, are they? That's definitely not the In name. my personal <laughs> life, I refer to the Gribblies meaning. Sure. Scary as fuck, those, those guys. Those horrible Descent people. But the kind of idea of, like, they haven't, they're drained of any um, colour. They're, like, pallid and flaccid yeah. and like just kind of gnarly but is he like prehistoric man is he a demon is he just like a man who's lived in a hole and never been outside he mostly looks like an old fat man with a big (laughs) nose um it reminded me very much of the baldy man if you ever saw that as a kid what's that it was like this comedy show uh about a big man with like lank hair (laughs) mostly bald and he just used to run around and do weird shit I mean, it definitely plays on that trope of, like, crusty old person. Mm. You know, like, fear of old people vibe. Yeah, and that's why that sofa scene is so creepy, because you're just like, ugh, yeah. what the fuck? Why are you sitting on top of her like that? That whole thing made me, yeah, creep me out. Did you take it that this old creepy gross man, yeah. is he the father of the egg child? If it's anyone, it has to be him. We don't see any other kind of demons. I don't think. So you're going for demons rather than like um, lost monster. Like kind I of don't some, think they're... Some freak of evolution. No, I don't think he's sort of part of a 
species that's been living underground for centuries. Because the, the hole was covered by, and here we go, plot details, the hole was covered by a big old stone tablet with runes on it, implying that <laughs> they're trying to keep something supernatural at bay. Okay, fine. And if they'd just been living down there, then why would he be supernatural? Yeah. You know? You know yeah, what I mean? Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I get where you're coming from with the descent comparisons because yeah you've got this freaky looking thing down in a hole that's mostly seen in a red light of a flare which looks quite effective down Mm. in these caves yeah with you know just this one light source and a bit of smoke and it's quite atmospheric most of the film doesn't take place down there though and the color of the film is quite off-putting isn't it bleached out it's it's got a color filter Mm. or a grade all across it do you know what? It makes me think of those like um, films from the 2000s, like Memento, like Jar City. Yeah, like things like Saw, like we discussed, like that had this real green tinge to the mm. whole thing. It's a little bit like that. Mostly I'm not sure what the point of it was. It didn't really make it any more, I don't know, atmospheric or dread-inducing. When you've got a country as pretty as Iceland, I don't, you don't <laughs> need to see the fjords under like a heavy blue grade. <laughs> I'm not sure it added much to it, to be honest. Um, other than maybe disguising the the low budget and the guest house not being a set because it looks like it was a real house in the middle of nowhere, which is a great location for a film. You yeah. know, the cabin in the woods is a, or in the, the isolated trope. cabin. Yeah, there's a reason these film tropes exist. So we get a lot of random shit going on in this guest house, including... A doctor who seems very unconcerned that there's a baby just been born in a day <laughs> that's hatched from an egg. Kind of interested in the rooms, but... Meh. Meh, not really. I'm not sure what the point of him was. Oh, it's a one of those B-movie things where it's like, oh, you hatched from an egg? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you just take it at face value like we should. Just watch it, let it wash over you and... Well, it's just schlocky moments. Yeah. There's actually not much out-and-out gore here, unlike a film we're about to discuss. No, there's not. We get a bit of sick, but that's mm. sort of, yeah, straight in the loo. It's not <laughs> It's not spewing forth, you know, it's yeah. not that kind of gratuitous. Yeah, it's not that gratuitous, actually, is it, on reflection? No. Let's talk about the ending. The ending that goes on and on <laughs> and on. The ending in the hole. No, before we get there, the ending that ends in the hole, but starts in the guest house and is essentially a chase scene where Pieter's like, come here, Myra. I'm not trying to kill you. Oh, never fall for anyone who says, I'm not going to hurt you in a voice like that. No, absolutely not. Especially not this guy, although it's not really out of character for him, (laughs) it seems. Yeah, so... (sighs) That final chase sequence, it's just a bit long, isn't it? Yeah. You've got Myra running with the baby away from the guest house, down running a hill. Back to the guest ac- house. Across a field, across a lava field, through a forest, into a cave. Out of a cave. Out of a cave. Back to a guest house, into a different cave. <laughs> Is that right? I think you added more than there was. <laughs> I feel like with B-movies... My tolerance, personally, is about 65 minutes. Yes. And then it kind of start to taper off. I think with a film like this that's like, you know, influenced by so many great horror films, it's on a low budget, it's doing something, you know, not necessarily hugely new, but it's trying. And you've got these just ridiculous performances, these really offbeat moments. I think narrow it down to 60 minutes or less and it would have been much more punchier. it would have been much more of a yeah punchier kind of um 
thrill ride. Thrill ride is the is the term I was looking for. Yeah. Whereas what we get is just a little bit too long. It's actually longer than the next film we're about to watch, which is kind of mad. But we should say randomly, Haldora Gayhastotir pops up. Another demented performance, actually. Incredibly demented. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what is he? What's happening? She's in this film for two scenes. <laughs> One of the scenes, she doesn't even face the camera for the, for most of it. I love it. She's like wide, wide, boggle-eyed, just like. She's really chewing the scenery here. She's like, Close the hole. And that's it. That's <laughs> yeah. the entire role. Close the hole. What I love is that she can go from like a kind of like award winning. I don't know if she won any awards, but it was worthy of awards. Sure. In Woman at War and other films we've seen her in. And they go to this like complete other end of the spectrum. Obviously, she's embracing the spirit of the project here mm. and just going bananas. But it's like. <laughs> So confusing. <laughs> confusing is a word. We've not used that yet, but it is 100% confusing. <laughs> but, you know, that's part of its charm, I suppose. Vivian Olafsdottir, who's our main female character, Myra, we've seen her in Cop Secret. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with her performance here either. I was mostly put off by her glasses. Oh. Totally the wrong shape for her face. Always at the end of Always the nose. Always at the end of her nose. <laughs> <laughs> like... She was like, her performance was almost the same as Pieta's. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. tell who was crazy. Because the thing she does, she gives birth to an egg that has a baby inside and seems to think that's the most natural thing in the world. Um, is she crazy? Is Pieta crazy? I think they're both are. I think we're all crazy. I think Elvar <laughs> Gunnarsson is crazy. But I'm excited to see what he can do next, you know, building mm -hmm. on this um, Lil B movie. <laughs> Ultimately, for some reason, Pieta gets trapped in the hole. <laughs> Myra has, you know, escaped, locked him down there with the demons, and she's fucked off from the guest house, cut to house in the suburbs of Iceland. Yeah. Uh, the performance hasn't changed. <laughs> it's still absolutely mad. As she cooks up two single fried eggs for dinner. <laughs> Who needs anything more? <laughs> like, what? Two single fried eggs. Oh my God. I made a really, really terrible meal when I worked on Eat Well for Less. And it somehow made it into the show, which was two fried eggs, two uh, Linda McCartney sausages and some beans. And Wait, that, that was on TV. It's it a made recommended it on TV. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> I've eaten that many times myself, but I wouldn't put it on telly as a recommendation. Yeah, exactly. And that was bad wasn't as bad as two fried eggs, one each. <laughs> and the way that she eats them on that table. We're just eating a little bite of white. Anyway, she's going mad. And then her little son, who's now aged, what, like seven or something? Five or six? Seven. I don't know. Something like that. And uh, it's the kid from Anne Breathe Normally, the cute kid. I didn't clock that at all. I was like, I recognise that guy. I mean, he's obviously a bit older. Uh, but then he pulls this creepy, creepy, creepy face. I didn't think things could get much creepier. And his face just contorts like Apex Twin yeah. style. Like, oh my God. I love how that's like then the meant to be the confirmation of, yes, he actually is a demon after all. And it's like, oh, well, we did see him hatch from an egg, grow at, <laughs> grow at supernatural speed and like suddenly grow like a full head of hair yeah. with demons surrounding him. So I kind of had worked out that he was a demon. Yeah, because it's not particularly um, subtle, is it, this film? It's not hiding any surprises that was a bit of a precursor to that um film that's being trailed at the moment smile smile yes very much mm. saw that the other day actually was it any good it's not as good as i was hoping in fact yeah. it's not a recommendation from me but also don't get this confused with hatching the finnish film which has just come out which i've yet to see and i'm desperate to see anyway it ends on that creepy note and the best things about this film are that utterly kind of oddball creepy decisions made <laughs> so it's certainly one to check out if you have a b-movie halloween horror night isn't it yeah 
Stundin er runnin upp. Undarfarið hefur verið illa tekið til bóðsöngur. Hvað sé ég, hvað er það að glápa á hérna? Nei, er þetta hest? Endalokið nálgast. Hún er alveg kostuleg. Láti gamla mannin vera. Ég hefði þau til sjálfur þegar og greiki. Það getur verið hver sem er. I have arrived, my lord. The prophecy shall be fulfilled. Það er óöldin. Hún er byrjuð. Ég veit, ég veit. Ertu tilbúin að deyja? Hey, hey, hey! Hún tekur sér bólfestu hjá unga fólkinu fyrst. Ertu ekki söng? Hvert er þú að fara? Þú ert að koma með mér heim í bað. Þið eruð í það mynd að verða þitt á sölunglegum vildinni. Right then, the second in our double bill of B-movie horror from Iceland is a film called Thirst, as we alluded to. Original title Thorsti, uh, from 2019, directed by Goikur Ulfason and Steinthorsson, the latter of which we have seen a, co- a few times now. As your man from under the tree. Oh, so I'd, he doesn't just star in this, he is a founding creator is he yeah he's the director okay yeah which is interesting uh he does pop up as a undead character at one yeah. point I, I i enjoyed his performance yeah it was pretty good but before we go any further shall i tell you what thirst is about as if you can't remember please tell me uh basically it's about a drug addict called Hulda, who at the start gets accused of murdering her brother by overdose but she then gets let off because insufficient evidence of course she got nowhere to live because her mum was basically disowned her and she ends up meeting a thousand year old gay vampire (laughs) and then together the two of them form an unlikely friendship and you know shit goes down people die blood goes everywhere and crazy religious people try and do crazy religious things and yeah, it's just a lot of death. What I enjoyed about that synopsis is the first, the fir- thirst, <gasps> the thirst, oh, the first three lines of it sounded very much like some hard hitting Icelandic movies we've watched before now. Yeah. Then it very much veered <laughs> into a different direction, which which was that of the vampire movie. Yes, the vampire movie. I'd say it's full blooded. And I think this is a comedy B-movie, right? It kind of revels Mm. in its own silliness. It's actively silly. For sure. This is out-and-out comedy horror. You could probably say there aren't really any genuine scares. Uh... Maybe a couple of jumps. But yes, you're right. I think it's definitely sort of leaning on the comedy of the horror. And that's to be expected because it comes from this comedy troupe called Lake Hopperin X. I've probably said that entirely wrong who form most of the cast of this film uh, including our main vampire character Hjötur who is played by Hjötur Sveir Steinason oh coincidence um, yeah okay. as well as Hulda Lind Kristinsatir who plays Hulda uh, you know most of these characters have the same name as their actor counterpart um, so it's probably quite easy for them on set I imagine mm. I mean it really The thing that this film really does, that the one that we just talked about doesn't, is that it is gory. Like comedy gore, silly gore, but like, whoa, people's heads are like chopped in half by somebody's hand. People's like jugulars are opened up like a a water fountain. Mm -hmm. There's like blood that is, there's so much blood that people are like soaked through, dripping with blood. 
people are dining on intestines. I'm not great with gore. So it wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't you know, realise that. It was like a little bit of a... For, bit of a stomach churner for me. But it was probably so preposterous, the yeah. gore, that then it goes into a realm of like not actually being upsetting in any way. Sure. I mean, it's just so over the top. This isn't like, you know, the blood isn't like pitch black. This isn't grotty and kind of grimy and properly like medical. This is just pantomime gore. So pantomime gore, yes. I mean, there are far too many detached penises, penises. for my preference. My my original letterbox review of this was like, never seen so many detached penises <laughs> ever. You know, it's quite remarkable. In my personal or professional life. Yeah, I didn't I didn't specify for good reason there, Ellie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is a uh, this is this is a film that makes choices. And I think most of them kind of work. I feel like what people want from a B-movie is this level of shock and schlock. Yeah. And it delivers on those fronts. It does. It's a film for gore hounds. It's a film for people who love a a vampire just, you know, going around killing people. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't do very much biting, I must say. Well, biting of not necks anyway. I should be more specific. He doesn't bite necks. He mostly bites entire penis and balls and pubic hair. Oh, and he just God. bites it right off. It's really quite... There's a scene involving a hot dog. You know, maybe just... Let's just front load this chat with all the penis bits. <laughs> Why not? That's what people want to hear about, right? Well... So let's go with the first major scene of the film which you've already partly described. Yes. Yeah, so, well, actually, not knowing what I was going into watching this film, I was like, okay, is uh, this is kind of a little bit creepy, a little bit intriguing. Mm-hmm. And then we go, we have a very, I'd say, strong opening <laughs> where there's a kind of a guy, I guess he's looking for a hookup, a man-on-man hookup. Yeah, this is a family man, isn't it? And he's just, he's driven out to the middle of nowhere on the outskirts of Reykjavik. Which seems like a kind of dogging scenario, but he doesn't know, unfortunately, that the person he's meeting with is, in fact, a vampire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you describe the rest of the scene. I mean, he basically goes down on him. And bites his entire cock and balls off. <laughs> That's what you wanted me to say. You I just mean, all those words that come out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to dirty my own mouth with those words. <laughs> but, I mean, as an opening sequence, it's quite, it's quite the one. It's effective. We're introduced to our main characters. And we're introduced to the tone and style of the film. Yeah. If you're not good with that, suggest not watching beyond that. There's a great shot just before the title card, which is Hütter just <laughs> popping up, fangs out. Penis in the mouth, and you're just like, yep, away we go. That's the moment where you know what you're in for. Yeah, if you don't like that, don't persist, (laughs) I would say. But I imagine anyone going into this film will have some idea what it's about. And it's perfect for a kind of Halloween night in with your mates with a few beers. So we've got that scene and we've also got the attack on Shutter by the most brilliant looking gang members I've ever seen. <laughs> no gang member has ever looked like that. <laughs> and with a row of gold teeth and like a tracksuit. Maybe this is what gangsters look like in Iceland in the Maybe. 2010s, 2020s. Well, they get some comeuppance, shall we say. They sure do. Like, why are they attacking him? Homophobes? Old people phobes? Hard to tell. <laughs> Age of phobes? What's the word for hating old old people? Old people phobes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one, yeah. Okay. So they're attacking him. Two guys attacking him. Hulda, you know, nowhere to stay. She's just wandering the streets. She spots them doing that and steps in. And she basically saves him to Mm. a degree. I So at some point during this film, I tried to elevate my analysis of this film. Oh? 
Just and, like you did with it hatch. Yeah. I'm impressed. And I you? wondered, you know, is this really a meditation on the dispossessed in Icelandic society? The the addicts, which we know from um, our previous watching is a issue in Reykjavik. Um, the homeless. Is it saying something about the stigmatization of gay men in Icelandic society? You know, I was thinking about all these things and then I just thought, nah, that guy's head just got sliced in two. <laughs> this other guy's a water fountain of blood. I think I'm thinking too much about this. Oh, but that's such a perfect time to be wondering about that stuff. <laughs> it all, I, you know what? I think you're right. I think to a degree that stuff does exist in there, but it's very much blotted out by the gallons of blood mm. that are flowing. Because yeah, like you say, he splits a guy's head open by putting his fingers in his skull and ripping it from side to side. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen... I've seen a head split in half before. I watch a lot of horror. I don't know if I've ever seen it, like, physically pulled in half. <laughs> like, is that is that possible? No, I'm going to tell you right now that's not possible. <laughs> oh. Do you... Look good, though. Well, he had... He has the nails to do it with, I guess. He does have those creepy long oh. vampire nails. I really... There is nothing that like sends shivers down my spine more than like a creepy long, like, a, like specifically in men, not like a nice long painted fingernail of a woman, like a creepy <laughs> vampire's long fingernail. Yeah, like a little drug. Oh, God. Little finger drug finger. Oh, no. Just like a lot, any long fingernail. No. Especially like long, sharp, pointy ones. Oh, he's a vampire. Yeah, I know. He's. I mean, he's gross in many ways, so that's um, <laughs> just the tip of the iceberg, isn't it, really? I guess so. But actually, weirdly, I quite liked his performance. I thought he was quite... Um, likeable. He was likeable. I, was almost, I almost said relatable. Didn't mean that. But yeah, he's a likeable, empathetic character. Like he, mm. like you say, the two, the two of our main characters, Holder and Hutter, both have this kind of outsider loneliness theme going through their stories and that's why they build this friendship and he's i guess at the the closest we have to a protagonist yeah him is the main character on the poster so one assumes he's the the main protagonist mm. not that you really follow anyone's story to a satisfying end mm. um but yeah i think i think he was great even as he's you know, yeah splitting people's heads in two. I'd be intrigued or, to see him in a different format, actually, like in a serious film. Hmm. I wonder if he does that. I, I've not seen anything by the comedy group because it's hard to find their stuff translated into English. But if it exists, someone let me know because I'd be really keen to see how well it translates and see these actors in an, in their kind of original setting. But that scene ends talking of comedy. With two dicks in two police officers' mouths. Father here. Little hit you. We will kiss our in over a million. Scared of locking on it. I'll do fucking captain, man. Scared on a locking a yula. After you all were on the tilpoon to pay you for that freak. I took a freak liquor. this stuff is happening people are mostly young men are going missing from Reykjavik which is quite bad people mm. are dying um, and the police are on the case 
led by a guy I thought was a priest. <laughs> is he a priest? I or don't a think he's a officer? priest. He's a police officer, but his wife is a kind of religious fanatic. Yeah, but at the beginning, he I could have sworn at... he was wearing he did, a collar. He had like I think he's got like like um not a rosary, but a kind of like cross, right? Oh yeah, like a kind of yeah, priest maybe that necklace was what I was thing. Thinking okay. Well, anyway, he's the most unlikable man. Oh yeah, it's weird because usually, I guess, in this scenario, the cop he's like he's essentially like the van helsing isn't he right if this is a vampire story um you know you'd kind of be on their side but here i was like i hate this guy get the vampires winning yeah i mean there were were multiple better police officer characters they're not better police officers but they're better characters Mm -hmm. we've got the two comedy cops who get the dicks in their mouths one of whom i just recently saw in entrapped Haraldo Stefansson, he's sort of the younger one of the two. And they don't do a lot. They just kind of act stupid and in, like inept. They're inept, aren't they? Um, and they don't really do anything. They provide a bit of humour as we go through. And yeah, they, they're the ones that get the dicks in their mouths anyway. So ha 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 ha. I would say that the performances in this film are varied. Very much so. Some seem like even our main vampire dude kind of nuanced and quite well judged kind of subdued like he's he's got a lot behind going on behind mm. the eyes hasn't he really? whereas others maybe yens falls into this category mm. are real more like it hatched b-movie performances over the top and just plain weird <laughs> yeah yeah sure i agree so that scene happens anyway and we move on and slowly Jens's wife is becoming a cult leader, trying to get people to join a cult for reasons that aren't really made clear. Something's going to happen and they should all look out for themselves by joining her. Classic cult. Great scenes of her on TV screens <laughs> in shopfront windows, which is a very kind of horror mm. kind of trope. Uh, people spotting these newscasts on, on TV while they're out and about. Um but let's just talk about the next grim scene, of which I would say there aren't enough. You said it was gory and schlocky, mm. but to my mind, there are only really three, maybe four scenes of outright gore. And I wanted more. <laughs> uh, but anyway, turns out Hulda's brother, who died, yeah. can be resurrected by our vampire, Hutter. Hey! So he goes and does that. I enjoyed this thread, to be honest. I thought I was... I was involved here. Yeah. It was funny. It was quite thrilling. It was quite funny to watch Hulda's reactions. They unexpectedly mm. find her zombie brother in the back of a yeah of a car. My question is, and you probably won't be able to answer this because it's not explained in the film. If a vampire brings someone back from the dead, which I'm not sure is a vampire trope, a part of the law of vampires, typically they'll either kill or turn while mm. a person's alive. I'm not sure how that works with dead people. But they wouldn't bring back as a zombie. No, he's not as a... I don't think he is a zombie. Oh. So, I think I can see this, actually. Ooh. Which is, I think if you... If you're turning someone, right? Then they... Then, like you say, you're getting them fresh. Yeah. So you're either killing them, sucking all their blood. Goodbye, see you later. Mm-hmm. Turning them, sucking all the blood, turning them into a vampire. Or, I guess this third option, doing something to this guy. But as he says, (laughs) to bring him back. But as he said, oh, he's been dead a couple of weeks or whatever, Mm. or a few days. So he's already on the turn, not turning to, he's already on the turn as in like... Rotting. He's rotting, he's going off. So he's already lost a bit of his freshness. Sure. So that when he's transformed into a vampire, which I think he, he is, he's okay. eating, like he's drinking the blood of that young boy that's brought him. Played by Blyer Henriksen. Yeah, good to see him back. I know. Like exactly as the, the character you would kind of expect. Like <laughs> yeah. the absolutely handsome, beautiful young boy. The the, the prime object of kind of... Affection. Yeah. Um. So I think he is a vampire, but he's just a kind of decaying rotted vampire okay that does make sense 
Yeah. I just don't think I've ever seen that before, which is quite remarkable, actually. So mm. fair play, uh, Thirst. Good work. Breaking boundaries. But yeah, that scene is uh, is funny. And so, like you said, it's a great performance as the zombie vampire. Yeah. Um, and then it's blood. Blood. So much blood. So much blood and bits of sick. <laughs> um and that's that's fun that's really fun mm. i really actually really like this the moment when shutter is just watching the young boy from afar at the gas station <laughs> i thought that was really kind of really well shot yeah and it was a moment of calmness and an insight into shutter's character in the midst of the, just the absolute carnage and craziness that's going on mm. where we see you know he's a lonely old man Okay, he's still got designs on a young man, but he feels something for them. Like, mm. it must be hard to feel for anyone when you're lonely, secluded, lived for a thousand years. And I just thought it looked really, I thought it was really well put together, that scene. Mm. Um, and if you like Blyer Henriksen, probably going to like the shots of him uh, standing at a gas station. It's worth mentioning, isn't it, as well, that it has this kind of CD. 80s inflection yes. kind of like it follows but or stranger things of this kind of um, neon lights burgers stalls um petrol pumps it's it's a hundred percent going for something like that yeah. yeah it's very kind of popular since probably like drive i guess onwards mm, still going that. and it is kind of it's less in your face than it hatched with its colorization but it creates a nice mood and even the music is quite 80s. It's got this yeah, one, yeah, basically just the one song or the one theme. So 80s, but so kind of badass. It fit well with Hutter's long leather jacket, yeah. I thought. And it really reminded me of, again, I, the people who were involved, I think, Stainthor at least, in Cop Secret. There's a great kind of, metal or rock version of an old Icelandic song in the trailer for Cop Secret I can't remember if it's in the film but it was the same kind of feeling mm. that song um, and I loved it I thought it was brilliant I really liked that moment actually So you said that there were three main sequences you thought were mentioned. Mm. What's the third? Well, I guess it's fourth now we've talked about the old uh, sucking blyer, blyer dry. Um, so it's the scene very comes very quickly after this. They lose Hulda's brother. <laughs> and guess where he goes? He goes home to see mum. And but eat she... her intestines for dinner. Yeah, pretty much. She doesn't cook him dinner. She is the dinner. <laughs> Um, and I love that shot where they just, Yen stumbles into the living room and he's just there with a knife and fork yeah. at her chest, just, you know. Sitting down to dinner like he's eating his sausage and mash. Yeah, I love that. I thought it was properly creepy. Yeah. Shades of like Hannibal Lecter or yeah. things like that. And from that point on, it's basically all out mayhem, right? Pretty much. There's that great moment where Yen's gets his uh, cross out after he's been bitten by Hulda's brother sticks it on his forehead and you know it's not expensive cgi but i think it looks brilliant it's like the classic indiana jones melting melting face. nazis or the holy grail guy that turns to dust yeah those terrifying images from my childhood the kind of reduced to ash yeah it's a classic very much so it's amazing there's probably quite a lot of budget gone into that but totally worth it because it was a great death um, and it looked very, very effective. Yeah, and like you say, from there on, it's like, right, well, we've got rid of the zombie vampires. That's one thing. But you know what? Jens's daughter, who we've not mentioned, has come back from, I want to say Denmark. 
I don't know and, and I knows? don't care, to be but honest. But she's trying to do something and Hutter is the key. And they capture Hutter, try and televise it. Mayhem ensues. Different people get bitten. People can become vampires. Other people are trying to kill the vampires, sacrifice humans. <laughs> what other vampires are there? Jens becomes a vampire. Oh my God, he does. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so there's the crazy religious fanatics, basically, versus vampires and allies, I guess, at the end. Yeah. But everybody is. It's just a big old melee. Yeah, and it's so... That scene when Hutter kills all of the cult people is amazing. Mm. He's just there slicing and dicing and... More ridiculous CGI as well. More ridiculous CGI. Tons more blood. Probably practical. A lot mm. of that blood. Uh, and it just all, yeah, kicks off and it's it's quite a lot. And let's not forget the moment when Jens' daughter drills <laughs> through her mum's eye. Ugh. And it goes on for ages. It's not particularly graphic, but bloody hell. It goes right down to that black <laughs> bit that holds the uh, the drill bit in. Oh, Pretty. see, I have to look away at all these moments, so I wouldn't know. Oh, wow. Well, I would suggest never watching a film called The Sadness then. Oh, which is extreme in the extreme. But yeah, this film, that all happens. Hyutta, you know, slices her head off, peels her face off. <laughs> like, again, not sure you can just, like, pull a face down like it's a latex mask. You can if you're a vampire. I guess so. And then the police turn up, finally. Not sure how they got there. And, uh, and that's it. Is that it? Pretty much. The bloodbath's <laughs> over. I think just don't worry too much about the plot and who's doing what. It's all about whose eyeballs getting squeezed or whose head's <laughs> getting ripped into, really, isn't it, this film? Yeah, I'm trying too hard to remember what happens, but actually I was just, yeah, overwhelmed by the, the gore and the mm. and the blood, um, for which it is highly recommended. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I guess there we go. Oh, can I just say, Haldora was in this one too. <laughs> As was... Ingvar Sigurdsson <gasps> in a blink and you'll miss it cameo but you know what always good to see him always good to see him I thought he was gonna I mean he's in like the first sequence mm -hmm. I thought he was gonna be a bit more involved than Ima he turned out imagine if he'd just been the Jens character oh, this would be have been great. an entirely different film mm -hmm. elevated by his performance no doubt no doubt but alas we get a fleeting glimpse of him and a reminder that this is not a white, white day. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. It Hatched, Thirst, the only other horror films from Iceland that I'm aware of. Very much B-movies. Check them out if you can. Will you be returning to these? Uh, actually, I've got to wash my hair next Halloween. <laughs> I'm a bit busy. Got, got to get the blood out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Happy Halloween, Ellie. Happy Halloween, everyone. Crikey. After three and a half series looking at Icelandic film, I did not see most of that coming. Least of all that hot dog. How will I ever eat another three Bayerns Bestu Pulsa again? But I love that there's a burgeoning horror scene and that filmmakers are trying all sorts of stuff and getting it out there. I'm already looking forward to more. If you do watch these for Halloween, let us know on social media where we're at Kvikmindapod, that's K-V-I-K-M-Y-N-D-A-P-O-D on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget you can subscribe or follow us wherever you get your podcasts. If you could leave us a rating and or review on Spotify and Apple, that'd be amazing. Next week, we're dropping a mini-sode that Ellie and I recorded the week after heading to the London Film Festival, where we had the privilege of watching Kleena Palmerson's next film, Godland, on the big screen. This will be a spoiler-free chat, so don't worry about trying to find the film before its release in the UK next spring. Have a hell of a Halloween. See you next week. Tak bless. Thanks and goodbye.